Hello, this is Dr. Ben Lynch, and today we'll be mapping SAMe on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, our recommendations, and our outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I've asked Dr. Ben Lynch to join me back on the podcast because he's one of my go-to resources for all things related to genomics, methylation, and more. Dr. Ben Lynch enjoys researching and discovering ways to resolve complex health problems. When not researching, you'll find him spending time with his wife, Nadia, and three boys, Tasman, Matthew, and Theo. They're big into soccer, being outside, any type of water activity, and traveling. Key travel highlights include working with Mother Teresa in Calcutta, sailing from Australia to Indonesia, and working as a jackaroo on a 1.5 million acre cattle station in Outback, Australia. And that bio speaks volumes to who Dr. Ben Lynch is as a human who brings a deep level of insight and care to his clinical investigations. Dr. Ben Lynch, welcome back to the 15-Minute Matrix. Always good to be here. So Sammy was an audience request, and there's really nobody else I'd rather turn to than you to help us understand this naturally occurring chemical more clearly. Can you start us out by explaining what SAMe is? SAMe is a compound that is extremely important in the human body. It basically does so much that if you are unable to produce SAMe at a very, very young age, you won't be born. You're dead. So it's extremely important. So SAMe helps turn on and off all your genes in your human body. And primarily all your genes are turned off until you need them. And SAMe basically is important for producing various compounds in your body, such as creatine, phosphatidylcholine. It's also needed to eliminate extremely important compounds in the human body, like estrogen, histamines, dopamine, norepinephrine. And so it does a myriad of things that we really need to dial in. And it's unfortunately, the production and recycling of SAMe in the human body is very complex and very difficult. But thankfully, the human species and evolution has created backup systems. So if one route for producing SAMe doesn't work very well, we have other backup routes. But in a nutshell, SAMe is an extremely important, very simple compound that binds to one thing in order to make a functional difference in another. 
And what I'm hearing you talk about is the compound in the body. And I think just first and foremost, this is where there's confusion. People can think of SAMI as a supplement and not recognize that when they're supplementing, they're supporting a naturally occurring chemical in the body. Is there a reason for its name, its long-form name? What does S-adenosyl-L-methionine mean? In biochemistry, Names denote the type of compound and locations and the quantity, usually, of them. So S-adenosyl, S is a location. Adenosyl is actually a component of ATP. This is an energy-requiring compound in order to be synthesized. And methionine is a simple amino acid in the human body. So basically, you are binding a component of ATP to a protein in the human body, well, an amino acid called methionine. And what's really, I find, stupid, actually, is why isn't the naming convention always the same? Why do biochemists have to make things difficult? Because we, <laughs> we, all, know, we all know homocysteine in the human body, so why isn't SAMe called methyl homocysteine? Right, which you do on your pathway planner, which... I love my pathway planner. It helps me understand complex biochemistry when I need to understand something clinically, like where is the misstep or where could the misstep be? And I think when we're understanding homocysteine, when we're understanding methylation, we're not necessarily, or what I see is people aren't necessarily thinking through all the steps or missteps that can occur. Yes, very, very much so. We're busy as practitioners, and we always want to know the answer. And I think we need to really step back and say, okay, instead of knowing the answer, what are the steps involved, step by step? Because as a clinician, every one of your patients might be presenting with the exact same symptoms. Maybe they have high homocysteine or what have you, and they need methylation support. But I guarantee you, not all of them will have the same reason as to why their methylation is messed up. So you need to really understand the steps involved. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about Daniel Kahneman's work, right? Thinking fast and slow. And one of the things I always appreciate in learning from you, Ben, is that you're a slow thinker, meaning you slow it down to speed it up, right? You really bring us into that slowed down process versus the quick fix. So when we're talking about SAMe and you elucidated on its importance for us to even be born, if we're seeing the possible manifestation of a deficiency in SAMI, how would that manifest? Oh boy, that's the complicated thing. And because there's so many other steps involved after the synthesis of SAMI. So a deficiency of SAMI could actually cause low homocysteine because SAMI is needed for various enzymes in order to function. And so like if you're making creatine or phosphatidylcholine, that requires SAMI, but the thing is, is after the creatine phosphatidylcholine are synthesized, it produces homocysteine as a byproduct. So you could actually be seeing low homocysteine because SAMI is not being utilized. You could be seeing low glutathione. Low glutathione is a huge problem. SAMI actually stimulates the CBS enzyme. So as you're looking on your pathway planner in the past, you see that higher levels of SAMI push CBS in order to remove those methyl groups in order to synthesize glutathione. 
You can have mood disorders of various types, but I would be focusing more on lab findings and actually, honestly, just history. A deficiency of SAMI is pretty rare unless someone is not eating sufficient protein or they have a MAT1A genetic variation, again, which is extremely rare. You know, and then there's cofactors needed to support SAMI synthesis. But for the most part of the population, I wouldn't say it's a gross deficiency. It's more of just, you know, tweaking and optimizing. Yeah, I want to get back to that protein and the supplementation. But in terms of the studies, it does seem like there's a correlation between mental health challenges, depression, liver disease. Is that something that you would say like, oh, here's where I might be thinking in the history about SAMI, osteoarthritis? For sure. I mean, yeah, you're going to have basically any disease known to humans will be be associated. And why is that? Again, step back. is because SAMI is needed to turn on and off genes. So every one of your genes could be affected. Gotcha. Okay. And when we think about triggers, are there things other than like a low protein diet? Like, are there things that would trigger a problem with our production of SAMI? Yeah. Remember, ATP is required to synthesize SAMI. So mitochondrial dysfunction. Okay. Thankfully, none of our patients have that. (laughs) And Thankfully, also, magnesium deficiency is extremely rare because magnesium is needed to (laughs) synthesize uh, SAMe. And then potassium deficiency occurs in 99% of women and 90% of men, and you need potassium to make SAMe. So it's looking like uh, a lot of our patients need some help here. Right. Okay. So we can think about mitochondrial damage, magnesium deficiency, potassium deficiency. Those are two minerals that are highly deficient in our population as contributors to the production of SAMe, that naturally occurring SAMe. So where do you start when you're thinking clinically about somebody for whom you're suspecting a SAMe deficiency? I'm always starting with avoidance first. Adding things to patients is always a bear. So I always think, okay, what can I remove from their lifestyle? Some patients do things in excess. Excessive exercise can lead to a SAMI deficiency. And you can also have sleep problems. A lot of people aren't sleeping properly. So what are they doing that they should stop doing, i.e. watching Netflix at night in order to get to sleep? So I always go back to the absolute fundamentals. Always. And if somebody has a SAMe deficiency, I don't jump in and give SAMe as a supplement. I never, ever do that, actually. I always look at the fundamentals and I support the fundamentals. Yeah, you're singing my tune here. So we have to look at that circle of influence and what can we actually influence that has an impact on that body's ability to restore its equilibrium. Once we've done that, are there instances where you would be bringing in supplementation? Yeah, but again, when you swallow a capsule of SAMe, you do not know what it's going to do. You have no clue. You don't know if it's going to turn on or off certain genes. You don't know if it's going to process your estrogen or your dopamine or move histamine into the next step of methylhistamine and then cause a backlog and then cause actually more histamine issues. You don't know. So it actually concerns me a bit to supplement with it. So what I like to do instead is understand that 90% of a SAMe in our human body is used to make two compounds, two. 
creatine, and phosphatidylcholine. So I like to provide what I call SAM sparing compounds. And that does two things. One, it spares SAMe, so you don't need to make it as much. And two, it reduces the production of homocysteine, which then reduces the need to give things like methylfolate or trimethylglycine or what have you. So if I supplement a patient with creatine or phosphatidylcholine, I am supporting their homocysteine levels and I'm supporting their methylation. There's a big clinical pearl right there. When people are taking supplemental SAMe, not in the ways that you're talking about, and they come into our practices, are there things we should be concerned about? You know, sometimes people are taking it for years or they heard about it or read about it. You know this, but what things should we be thinking about if they are taking supplemental SAMe? The simple question, how are you feeling? And the problem is if your patient is taking 30 different supplements, then it makes it a bit more difficult. But yeah, let's just keep it simple. Let's say they've been taking SAMe and it's the only supplement they've been taking for 10 years. And you ask them, how are you feeling with SAMe? Oh, I feel phenomenal. Or, you know, I feel like it doesn't really do much. Or sometimes when I take it, I feel great. Other times I take it, I don't. So I always go back to the patient and I ask them how they are doing. And if they go, I don't know, then I remove it from them. I said, okay, let's do a test. Let's discontinue. Sometimes patients are really, really needy on their supplements. So let's pause. Pause would be a better term than discontinue. Let's pause the use of SAMI for two weeks, 14 days. Two weeks sounds better than 14. Um, (laughs) So let's pause this for two weeks and see how you're feeling. And then we can reintroduce it as a solo variable. But then you can also check labs. Homocysteine would be a big one because remember, if you're giving SAMe, SAMe will also support various different enzymes to perform, and a byproduct of SAMe is homocysteine. So if someone is taking SAMe and their methylation cycle as a whole isn't very good due to you know methylfolate deficiencies or methyl blocking or what have you, they could be driving up homocysteine and causing a problem. So that could be an issue. They could also be speeding up the CBS enzyme, which is producing hydrogen sulfide gases, which could cause an excess number of issues as well. And does there develop any kind of like dependency physiologically if somebody's been on long-term supplementation for the production? I don't know. I don't think so. I think the body is really dynamic. I think you could possibly have a downregulation of certain enzymes perhaps, I don't think it's like insulin-dependent diabetes or anything like that. But I do think we need to be mindful, but I don't think it's going to do something like that. Is there anything else you wish that all clinicians knew about SAMI, either in the body or with the supplementation that you feel like you've seen practitioners getting all wrong? Oh, boy. Supplementation. A lot of SAMI supplements are garbage unless the SAMI is packaged in a acid-resistant capsule to prevent it from being destroyed in the stomach acid. So it has to be packaged in an acid-resistant capsule. It should also be packaged in a very stable bottle or foil packaging. There are some bottles nowadays that prevent moisture very, very well, so you don't need foil packaging. In fact, they actually do a better job than foil packaging. There's desiccants all around the inside of the bottle itself, not just the packet. So the deliverability of SAMI is extremely important and the container in which it's stored is very, very important. So a lot of SAMI could be absolutely doing nothing 
if you're taking it as a supplement that's not an acid-resistant capsule or not in a very stable container. So maybe it's just doing nothing. I would say that when you supplement with SAMe or you swallow it, your body is going to direct where it goes. And you have no understanding of that. So if you give SAMe to a patient one day, they might feel great and another day they might feel bad. But here's a quick test, why I call it the SAMe test. On an evening that doesn't matter to somebody, have SAMe by your bed along with a bottle of niacin, 50 milligrams or 100 milligrams of niacin, nicotinic acid. And you take the SAMe prior to going to bed, say about 30 minutes. If you are able to fall asleep, calm down, and your head hits the pill and you're good, great, your methylation pathways are open. If you take the SAMe and you feel more alert, anxious, irritable, headaches, what have you, that is a sign that your methylation system is not open and you should be backing off the SAMe and looking at what's going on. So I think the SAMe test should be utilized. And the good thing is, is you can neutralize that often, those weird feelings or off feelings by taking niacin 50 to 100 milligrams. Mm, Another great clinical pearl. Ben, thank you so much for joining me again and always for sharing your wisdom here, but with all of us on all your platforms. My pleasure. The 15-Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio, and special thanks to Natalie Merrill, Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, and Rowan Bradley for their support in making the 15-Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our Full Body Systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10-month immersion course where you'll learn the systems-based approach to addressing the root causes of your clients' issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com.